This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Tonight, we're going to enjoy a little story about a cozy-looking old-fashioned toy shop and magical human-like dolls. In true 1950s style, the tale revolves around mysterious flying spheres and secret investigations by the Pentagon. A great little thriller. This program comes from X-1, an American half-hour science fiction radio drama series It was broadcast from April 24th of 1955 to January 9th of 1958 in various time slots on CBS. Uh, Known for high production values in adapting stories from the leading American authors of the era, X-1 has been described as one of the finest offerings of American radio drama and one of the best science fiction series in any medium. X-1, initially a revival of NBC's Dimension X, Many episodes of X-1 were adaptations by NBC staff writers, including Ernest Canoy and George Lefferts. Of newly published science fiction stories, leading writers were employed, including Isaac Asimov, Ray Bradbury, and Robert A. Heinlein, to mention just a few. Program opened with announcer Fred Collins delivering the countdown. Countdown for blast off. X minus five, minus four, minus three, minus two, X minus one, fire! From the far horizons of the unknown come transcribed tales of new dimensions in time and space. These are stories of the future, adventures in which you'll live in a million could be years on a thousand maybe worlds. The National Broadcasting Company presents X minus one. Tonight, X minus one presents Perigi's Wonderful Dolls by George Lefferts. The doll shop stood on a quiet Washington side street, not too far from the sprawling Pentagon building. A woman and child waited outside, the little girl peering eagerly through the window at the dolls inside, and the woman glancing impatiently at her wristwatch, as if expecting someone who was late for an appointment. There was nothing about the doll shop to warn them that they were waiting to keep an appointment with Doom.
What, dear? In the window of the shop, the tiny dolls. Oh, Mommy, do you think Daddy will buy me one? We'll ask him when he comes, dear. Should be here soon. He said three o'clock on this corner. I see him, Mommy. See? Oh, Henry, over here. Hello, dear. I'm sorry I'm late. Well, we're all ready to go shopping. Cindy's been... Yes, re- well, I'm afraid we'll have to call off the shopping, Elmer. Oh, Henry, we promised Cindy. Well, I'm sorry, but it's just one of those things. You've been the wife of an army colonel long enough to know his life isn't his own. What is it this time? Well, some more of that flying sphere nonsense. The pilot who says he sighted it last month crashed and was killed today, and the general wants a full report. Oh, dear. What next? Well, I got a staff meeting at the Pentagon at 3.15. Daddy, look in this yes, window. Well, I haven't time, dear. Alma, I... Yes. Just for a minute, Daddy, yes. please. Now, Cindy, I haven't time to stop and watch a bunch of six-inch dolls parading around in the shop window. Say, <laughs> hey, they are lifelike, aren't they? Look at that, Alma. Dolls are marching around like a regular review. They've even got their own little band. <laughs> See the one in the red jacket, Daddy? Yeah. He's the leader. He's bowing to us. Well, uh, if they don't look human. Henry, your staff meeting. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Well, i got to run. Can we buy one, Daddy? Well, not now, dear, and I'll run along. Now, don't go spending a lot of money on that nonsense. No, now. dear. Bye. Bye, Cindy. Bye, Bye, Daddy. Oh, look, Mommy, the band is going to play. Aren't they wonderful, honey? Honey, I must have stood on this corner a thousand times. I've never noticed this shop before. Look at the man inside, Mommy. Who's he? That's the proprietor, dear. Doesn't he look funny with those those red cheeks and the white mustache? It's easy to see who he models his dolls after. Mommy, look. He's coming to the door. He's coming. Good evening, children. Uh, uh, good evening. How funny he talks. Hush, Cindy. Would you like to step inside the shop of Santo Pirigi? Well, yes, we would. But... This way. Mommy, it's like... like fairyland. Here in the shop of Santo Pirigi, creator of Pirigi's universal, wonderful dolls, the world of adult reality is blended with the world of child's fantasy. This is a new shop, isn't it, Mr. Pirigi? What is new and what is old? Come, this way. Would you like to meet one of my little ones? Oh, yes. Now, this one in the red jacket is Toto. He's the leader. (laughs) Handle him ever so gently. See, I will set him on the table. Speak, little one. How do you do? How do you do? How do you do? Oh, my, he talks. The doll talks. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. That is nothing for Pirigi's wonderful dolls. Listen. Sing. Sing, Toto. Sing for the little girl. My name is Toto. <laughs> Sing, Toto. Men are big and tall. Dolls are very small. When men begin to fall... The dolls will rule them more. <laughs> oh, more, more! Uh, how do they work, Mr. Perigi? How do they work? Ah, that is the secret of the great Perigi, greatest of all doll makers. To make an ordinary doll is nothing. To make a perfect replica, that is something. But to make a doll with intelligence, that is the work of an artist, eh? I suppose that they're very expensive to buy. Pirigi does not sell his dolls, madam. You don't sell them? When I construct a doll like Toto, I cannot bear to be permanently separated from him. So instead of selling, I rent my little people. You do? You rent dolls? Precisely. 
ten dollars. For how long? For as long as they are cherished. My only request is that when you grow tired of my dolls, you return them to me in good condition. Oh, Mommy, could we take him home? Take him home! Take him home! Take him home! <laughs> oh, look, he's following him, Danny. He wants to well, come. Honey, your father said that we shouldn't spend a lot oh, of money. Oh, please, I'll take such good care of it. Please. Well, honey, we'll have to deal with your father later, but... Well... Mommy. All right. Wrap him up, Mr. Parigi. But I have a feeling that when your father comes home, we'll be sorry. Be sorry. Be sorry. Be sorry. Be sorry. <laughs> now, Toto, this is my room, and you're going to sleep right here next to my pillow. <laughs> I wish you wouldn't laugh like that. I'm going to have to teach you some manners. <laughs> and you be quiet because my daddy will be home soon. And he's a colonel in the Air Force staff. And he'll bust you to private if you don't behave. Come along now. I'm going to introduce you to my puppy dog, Mr. Blister. So be good. Here, Mr. Blister. Here, Blister. Come on. <laughs> Mr. Blister, this is Toto. Dear, I don't think Mr. Blister likes you, Toto. Come over here and shake hands with Toto, Mr. Blister. Come on now. Dolls don't get frightened. But he was frightened, Mommy. He screamed. You imagined it, dear. It's only a doll. He did. He did. Well, Mr. Blister didn't mean it. Now, you know he's the gentlest little pup alive. He is, and he's nasty, and I hate him. Oh, <laughs> now, see, you've hurt his feelings. I don't care. He tried to bite my new doll, and I don't ever want to see him again, ever. Oh, dear. All right, Mr. Blister, you come downstairs with me. Cindy, angry with you tonight. I'll kill him. Cindy, where did you learn a thing like that? I... Toto said it. Honey, you've had a, a very exciting day. Now, brush your teeth now and go to bed. Hmm? Daddy's coming home late, so he'll see you in the morning. Good night, dear. Sleep well. I hate him. <laughs> hate him. Hate him. Ready? In a minute, dear. Mm. How was the staff meeting last oh, night? Horrible bore, as usual. I don't know what's got into the old man. Just because a few farmers corroborated the pilot's report, he thinks some strange aircraft has penetrated our radar zone. <laughs> well, where's the little one? Up in her room. <laughs> now, that's funny. She's usually down here before me. Well, she's probably up to something. Sit down, dear. Say, remind me to take some papers back to the war department, will you? I left them in my strong box. You haven't been bringing your reports home, have you? Well, it's safe enough. Well, you told me it was against regulations to bring secret papers home. Well, I had to finish some work for the old man, and nobody will ever know the difference. Well, I don't know. Oh, would you feed the puppy before we sit down, Henry? Mm, yes. His bowl's under the sink. Where is he? Say, that's funny. Here's his supper from last night, only half eaten. He's getting fussy. Doesn't like canned dog food anymore. Oh. Here, Blister! Here, Blister, Blister, Blister! I don't know where the dickens is that mutt. Maybe he's on the back porch. 
Here, Blister. Alma. What is it, dear? Alma, look. <gasps> Henry, is he... He's dead. But how? But what happened? looks of it, he, he might have been poisoned. But who would do a thing like that to an innocent little puppy? I don't know. Let me see his dish. Look at that. I don't understand this at all. Not at all. What, dear? What is it? There are pieces of broken glass in this food. Blue glass, you see? How? Henry. What? I just remembered something. What? It may be coincidence, but in the bathroom this morning... Well, what about the bathroom? Oh, Cindy's blue glass, the one with the Mickey Mouse on it, was broken. I found pieces in the wastebasket. I meant to ask her about oh, it. Alma, for heaven's sake, you aren't suggesting that our little girl... Well, she loved Blister more than anyone. Not last night she didn't. Why not? He went after Toto. Now, who is Toto? That's her new doll. Her what? Honey, I was meaning to tell you. But you you bought her one of those dolls. I, huh? I just rented it. Well, rented it. Now, look here, Alma. You know we haven't got the kind of money to throw away. Well, she on... had her heart set on it, dear. I used my dividend. <sighs> All right. But what happened with Blister? Well, he went for the doll, and, and Cindy said she hated him. Oh, well, a child. She is... said she'd kill him. Where'd she get a thought like that? I don't know. Has she been watching those chillers on television? I don't know. Well, it's too ridiculous. Good heavens, a nine-year-old child putting ground glass in dog food, she'd have to be a monster. Mommy! She's coming. Well, don't say anything. I'll talk to her. Morning, dear. Morning, Mommy. Morning, Daddy. What's the matter? Uh, sit down, dear. Yes, sir. Now, your mother tells me you broke your blue drinking glass. Oh, no, I didn't break it. Cindy. I didn't. Well, now, somebody broke it. It wasn't your mother, and it wasn't me. It must have been Toto. Cynthia! Cindy, you know Toto is only a doll. Now, a doll couldn't have broken your glass, could he? Well? I guess not. So we can't very well blame it on a doll, then, can we? But he must have done it, Daddy. Cindy, you know how Daddy feels about little girls who tell fibs. Now, did you break your glass and maybe accidentally get some pieces into Mr. Blister's dish to sort of punish him for biting your doll? Oh, Daddy. Oh, I'd hate to think you'd done something you knew was wrong and you were blaming it on a doll. Is something wrong with Mr. Blister? Is he sick? Worse than that. Henry. And the child has to face reality, Alma. What's the matter with Mr. Blister? He's dead, Cindy. Oh, no. We can't be dead. He isn't dead, Daddy. No, he isn't. He isn't. Mommy. Honey, he is dead, Cindy. But he'll come back. He has to come back. No, darling, he won't come back. Ever? Not ever. Yes. Well, now that we've told you, Cindy, do you want to change your mind about the glass? Henry, leave her alone, please. <coughs> this guy killed him. Now look what you've done. The child feels guilty <laughs> enough, My, my dear, this is no time for feelings to interfere. You go up to your room, honey. Daddy and I'll be up in a minute. I don't want to. Please, Cindy. Now, we'll be right up, please. There. That's a good girl. Close the kitchen door behind you. Mr. Blister's dead. He isn't coming back. Ever. Ever. Daddy thinks it was me, but... It was you. It was you.
What's your supper, dear? I'm not hungry. You scarcely touched your lunch. I don't feel like eating. Is it Mr. Blister? Now, answer your mother. She'll work it out her own way, Harry. Well, I don't know, Elmo. When I was a boy, there was such a thing as discipline. Now, the way this child is being brought up... Henry! Well, it's true. There's no respect. Lying and... <laughs> oh, there, there, honey. Now, your father's upset. He doesn't mean well, it. what's happened to us? We were a nice, peaceful, happy family until you bought that cursed doll. Now, who's blaming things on the doll? Well, it's true. It's... Oh, now I've spilled my coffee. I'll get you another cup. Never mind. I'm late now. I better be going. Oh, you, uh... Wanted to get some papers from the strong box. Oh, yes. Cindy, please, try to eat something. Yes, ma'am. Alma! Alma! What is it? Alma! It's gone! What's gone? The box, the strong box is gone. It can't be. The door to your study's always locked. You and I, I have the only keys. I know all that, and I tell you it isn't there. Well, who would go? I don't know. Tell them of those confidential reports if they ever got into the wrong place. I warned you about keeping them well, there. What if it ever came out in the open? Can't you see the papers? Call the police, and, Henry. And throw my army career in a wastebasket after 17 years? No. We've got to find it ourselves. Well, it was there when I went in to clean this morning. What about your key? It's right here. I always keep it with me. It's funny. Oh, no. My other keys are on the ring. Oh, you've lost it. I don't see how. Alma, Alma, how could you do Oh, Henry, please. We'll search the house. I can't think of anything else to do. Well, you'll miss the staff meeting. Meeting? My whole career goes up in smoke if we don't find those reports. Somebody got hold of your key and opened that room and... I know. Cindy. You leave the child alone. She's been through enough. You know she wouldn't do a thing like that. I don't know anything anymore. I don't even know my own child. I don't even know you. All I know is that strong box is gone and it contains papers that are dynamite if the wrong person gets them. The question being who? What's that? It's coming from upstairs. It must be Cindy's doll. Oh, that blasted doll again. Something must have set it off. I don't know how to, the mechanism now, works. For heaven's sakes, let's go up and shut it off. Since you Henry, what? Look, where? What? Around the doll's neck, the key, the key to your study. You see, Alma, it was Cindy after all. I don't believe oh, it. Oh, good heavens! Do you have to have it spelled out for you? Here's our doll with a key around its she neck. She wouldn't, Henry. You know she wouldn't. Oh, ever since you got this uh, this fool doll, she's been acting half insane. At first the dog, and now this. I think she hates herself. Henry, Cindy is my child. I know her. I know she's a good, sensitive person with no malice in her. Uh, you're simply refusing to face the facts, my dear. What are you going to do? I'm going downstairs and have a talk with that young lady. You're not telling the truth, Cindy. I am. I am. Cindy, now you know that strong box is very important to me. Now, I can understand that you might have been angry at me because I scolded you. And so you took it and hid it, just to spite me. Now, all I ask is for you to tell me the truth. Now, where is it? I didn't take it, Daddy. Honest, I didn't take it. Well, I suppose you're going to tell me now that a little six-inch doll took it and hid it. Well... I'm speaking to you, young lady. But I didn't take it, Daddy. You don't understand. Toto did it. 
He's terrible, awful. He says things. He's going to kill everybody. Cindy, you're inventing things. It's true. At night when I'm sleeping, he stands next to my pillow and whispers things to me. Awful things. He told me he'd kill me, too, if I scold him. I told you. I think this child is sick. I think she needs a doctor. She's frightened, Henry. She's trembling like a leaf. Come on, dear. We'll go up to your room. I don't want to go up there. Honey, Mommy will stay with you. I'm afraid he's up there. Who? Toto! Well, he won't be up there for long. Mr. Toto is going right back to Pierigi's wonderful doll shop before I lose my sanity, which means right now. Grayson, welcome to the home of Pirigi's wonderful doll. Are you Pirigi? Santo Pirigi, creator of the universal doll, the doll with the mind, the doll which... I'm returning one of your masterpieces. Oh? If you will step into the rear of my shop. Now the complaint. No complaint. Here's your doll. Good riddance. My little Toto. Rejected. You found the world of men too filled with hate. Hate! 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 We will change all that later on. Return to your comrades in the window, little one. And now, Colonel Grayson. I think we have no further business. Ah, but we do, Colonel. Let me see. Ah, yes, here it is. Do you recognize the strong box, Colonel? My strong box? Well, where? My little Toto is very clever, sir. Are you trying to tell me your doll stole that from me? Let us not say stole. I am merely keeping it in custody. What's the game, Pierigi? The game, as you call it, is blackmail. You give me what I want, and I do not ruin your career. What do you want? Information. We already know something from the reports of the War Department concerning a certain strange-looking sphere reported by one of your pilots. What government do you represent? I represent Pierigi's wonderful dolls, none other. <laughs> I am not so naive, sir. Perhaps I should explain. Each man hides something from the world. Each man loves something more than life. With the help of my wonderful dolls, I obtain personal information which enables me to control the men who control the world. You're a madman. A genius. You would be surprised at the list of men who have become the confidants for my dolls. Do you think you can blackmail me into betraying my country? If the price is right. And in this case, sir, the price is your career and the lives of your wife and child. Why are you so interested in the flying spirit? Well, let us say for reasons of my own. Well, Colonel? Hand over the strong box. I warn you, I have a gun. Give it to me. You are being foolish. Put down that walking stick. Now? No closer. Now? Hello? Give me the police. Hello? This is Colonel Henry Grayson. I've, uh, I've just killed a man. Yes, Parigi's doll shop, corner of 4th and Lexington. The body is in the back room. Yes, I'll wait for you. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut 
you little fiend. Colonel Grayson. Did did I hear it speak? Colonel Henry Grayson. <laughs> I must be going out of my mind, a six-inch doll. <laughs> Shut up! Your master's dead. You are mistaken, Colonel. I, Toto, am the master. What do you mean? If you will examine the body of Santor Perigi, you will see that he does not bleed. And he does not bleed, Colonel, because Santor Perigi never lived. Never lived? Santor Perigi is a doll. A doll? But that's impossible. He's a man. He talks. He walks. The people of Meritrix are skillful doll builders. People of Meritrix? Doll but Look, who are you? I am Xanthus Imperator, commander of the legions of the third planetoid, Meritrix. Uh, Legions? Planetoid? My people and I, whom you regard as dolls, come from a tiny planet beyond the moon. So small that it cannot support our population. We landed one of our space spheres on Earth three months ago with the intention of colonizing. Unfortunately, one of your pilots intercepted us. So that's why you wanted our information. Precisely. Are you, uh, are you, uh, human? Oh, quite human. Uh, Of course, in order to deal with Earth people without suspicion, we were forced to construct Perigi, a man-sized doll. Well, I can't believe this. I'm having hallucinations. I'm going to get out of here. Oh, that would be impossible. We have weapons of destruction quite unknown to Earth people. Well, I phoned the police and they'll be here soon. By the time they arrive, my people will have prepared something quite Shocking. <laughs> Cover him, Ryan. Okay, Sergeant. You the guy who turned in the call? Yes. Where's the body? Well, it isn't exactly a body. What do you mean? It's a doll. A what? Well, you've got to let me explain. Now, this sounds fantastic, but I've stumbled onto an unbelievable plot to control the world. Keep talking. Now, these little dolls, they aren't really dolls. They're tiny people. There's a big doll named Santo Perigi, and he runs this shop. Holy smokes. He's off his trolley, sir. Listen, mister, we got a call that there was a murder here. Now, if there was one, where's the body? Behind those curtains in the back. Only, it isn't really a body, you see. What? I hear something back there, Sarge. All right, cover those curtains. You, is anyone back there? Come on out. Come out or we'll come in and get you. Something's coming. The curtain's opening. Welcome, gentlemen. Perigi. Well, this is impossible. I smashed his skull. I... You know this guy? Yes, that, that's the one. That's the doll. What's your name, mister? Perigi. Santa Perigi, creator of the Universal Doll. You ever see this man? Never until just now. What? Well, he's lying. I tell you, he's nothing but a life-sized doll. The real masters are these little dolls. Ryan, are you getting this? He's wacko, Sarge. Nutty as a fruit. Look, look, I'm not crazy, I tell you. I can prove it. They, they must have fixed up his head when I when I smashed it in. T- touch him, you'll see. Mr. Perigi, you know what the guy is talking about. The man is demented, obviously. No, no, look, I tell you, there's a there's a plot to control the earth. Listen, you, you've got to let me call the War Department. They'll want to know about the flying sphere. Holy mackerel, this gets worse every minute. Ryan... Take him to headquarters? Save some time. Take him down to the psycho ward. 
Okay, Buck Rogers. Uh, look, I'm along nice look, and quiet. Look, you've got to listen to me. Don't you see the future of mankind is at stake? Sure, sure. I know how it is. Look, he's nothing but a man-sized doll. Touch him. And the little ones are going to take over the earth. I know. I had the DTs once. Okay, Sarge. Oh, we'll see you later. Please, please. Come along. Please, now. listen Come to me. On. You've got to listen to me. Sorry to cause all this trouble, Mr. Brady. Not at all, son. Not at all. Well, I'll be. <laughs> that ain't the cutest little doll. Say, my little girl will be nuts for that. So perhaps you will accept it as a gift. Well, now. For saving I... my life. That madman might have killed me. No home is really complete without one of Kirichi's wonderful dolls, Sergeant. Is that right, Toto? But I, 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 I would like in some way to show my gratitude. You would be doing me a favor if you will take the doll home to your little daughter. <laughs> Say, this ought to make her the happiest girl in the world. Yes, Toto will come as a great surprise. A very great surprise. Won't it, Toto? <laughs> Tonight, by transcription, X-1 has brought you Perigi's Wonderful Dolls, written by George Lefferts. Heard in the cast were Janet Alexander as Cindy, Anne Petoniak as Alma, Nelson Armstead as Henry, Joe DeSantis as Perigi, Michael O'Day as Toto, Ken Lynch as the Sergeant, and Frank Milano as Ryan. This is Fred Collins speaking. X-1 was directed by Fred Way and is an NBC Radio Network production. Stay tuned for My Favorite Husband next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Lucille Ball to star in My Favorite Husband. You know, it's amazing that the woman you hear in the role of Liz would eventually become one of the most powerful people in Hollywood. She was an American actress, comedian, model, studio executive, and producer. As one of Hollywood's greatest icons and arguably the most iconic female entertainer of all time, she was a star and producer of sitcoms I Love Lucy, The Lucy Show, Here's Lucy, as well as uh, comedy television specials. And she was also the first female head of a major Hollywood studio, Desilu Productions, which she owned. Let's hear her tonight in My Favorite Husband and the episode entitled Selling Dresses. It's time for My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball. Jello, everybody. Yes, it's the Gay Family Series, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. Transcribed and brought to you by the Jello family of desserts. J-E-L-L. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. That's Jell-O. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O puddings. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O puddings. Yes, sorry. And now, Lucille Ball with Richard Denning as Liz and George Cooper. Two people who live together and like it. <laughs> And now, let's look in on the Coopers. It's evening, and we find Liz and George in the living room. George is reading the newspaper, and Liz has just sat down on the arm of his chair, 
with something obviously on her mind. Hi, George. <laughs> Hello, dear. How are you, George, baby doll? <laughs> Fine, Liz. <laughs> Don't blow in my ear, Liz. That tickles. <laughs> okay, I won't. Oh, what are you doing, putting your ear next to mine like that? <laughs> you have such a shell-like ear. I thought maybe I could hear the ocean roar. <laughs> Look, little girl, take your bucket and shovel and go play somewhere farther down the beach. George. Yes? I want to talk to you about something. Okay, Pumpkin, what is it? Well, I was downtown today, and I just happened to go by Kramer's department store, and do you know what they had in their front window? Tell me, tell me, I can't wait. A spring dress. What won't they think of next? <laughs> oh, it was the cutest dress I've ever seen, and just exactly what I need to fill out my spring wardrobe. Oh, that's nice. I really wanted to buy it, but I thought I ought to tell you about it first and get your reaction. Now, now, what do you think I ought to do? I think you ought to go in and put it on and show it to me. Why, George Cooper. <laughs> I'm sorry, honey. I, I thought you'd already bought it. Apologize. Well, after Apologize, all... Apologize or I won't put the dress on and show it to you. <laughs> I thought so. That's the way it always happens. How much? It was only $39.50. $39.50? George, you're getting red in the face. Don't bulge your veins at me. <laughs> but $39.50 for one little dress. But, George, now wait till I tell you. I made $20 by buying that dress. You made $20? Uh-huh. I bought the dress on sale at Kramer's for $39.50. And the identical same dress is selling at Gordon's for $59.50. So I made $20. Yes, but you don't have that $20. I know I don't. I spend it on a hat to go with the dress. <laughs> oh, Liz, for heaven's sakes, $59.50 for one outfit. But, George, I have to have some new clothes once in a while. You're going to take that dress back to Kramer's and get your money back. Oh, George. I hate to be harsh, Liz, but we've got to stop this spending spree you're on. Well, couldn't we stop it next time? No. I've got to teach you a lesson. Now, you don't need that dress at all, so you can just take it back. But it's such a cute little dress. Sorry? It's navy blue with white polka dots. No, Liz. It's got a little white collar with a sash in the back. You're breaking my heart. <laughs> Crying won't get you anywhere. <laughs> well, it doesn't hurt to try. <laughs> okay, George, I know when I'm licked. I'll take the dress back. Could you tell me where the refund department is? Oh, there goes somebody's commission. Through that door there. Thank you. Is this the refund department? Yes, door. If you're not satisfied with your purchase, your money will be 
cheerfully responded. <laughs> Cheerfully refunded? Yes. Well, look, laughing boy. I'm Mrs. George Cooper, and I'd like to return oh, this... Oh, never mind. I know. Everybody who comes in here wants return something. Hand me dresses. Hand me shoes. Hand me bags. Hand me coats. I hope they hand you a handkerchief once in a while. All day long, I make out return slips. I had to go to the doctor last week. I, I was seeing charger plates in front of my eyes. Well, I won't take very long. Just give me my money, please. Certainly, I, I make out the form. The dress was too large for you, hmm? No. Too small? No, it was just right. The color didn't match the drapes when you got it home. <laughs> wonderful. The style was bad. No, the style was excellent. Your cat was allergic to the material. I don't have a cat. Mrs. Cooper, let me get this straight. The dress was the right size, the cut was fine, the style was wonderful, the color was out of this world. In other words, the dress was simply dreamy. Yes, I loved it. Then what are you doing in here? <laughs> I'd like my money, please. Your sign says your money is refunded if you aren't satisfied. Oh, I'm sorry, Mrs. Cooper. I can't give you the money back on that dress. Why not? Because you are satisfied. Now, be honest with me. Why do you want your money back? Well, if you must know, my husband didn't like it. What's the matter? Can't he wear polka dots? <laughs> I mean, he didn't like that I bought it. He says we can't afford to spend the money. Yeah, but that's no reason why Mrs. Cooper, this 14-story mass of steel and concrete was built with money that husbands can't afford to spend. <laughs> I'd like my money, please. Look, I've been buying clothes at your store for ten years, and I'll buy for another ten years. But right now, I'm in the middle of a temporary clampdown. Very well, Mrs. Cooper. Here's your money. Oh, no, I, I forgot. Your money is cheerfully refunded. <laughs> Thank you. Ah! <laughs> What are you doing here? Spending too much money, just like you are. Oh, you're wrong there. Remember that little polka dot dress I bought? Yeah. George made me bring it back. From now on, whenever I buy anything, I'm going to put it on the end of a long elastic. Did you take credit, or did they give you your money back? Oh, I got my money. Let's see. 20, 30, 40, 50. Wait a minute. 59, 50. They gave me too much money. Well, that doesn't sound like Gordon's to me. Gordon? It was Gordon's when I came in. Oh, I brought my dress back to the wrong store. 54 to Kramer's, and now Gordon's have given me 59.50. Well, there's only one thing to do. Sure. Run and spend it before they catch you. No, I'll have to take the money back. It isn't fair to Gordon's. Or is it? 
<laughs> Liz, I can hear the wheels grinding from here. What are you dreaming up? Well, look, Iris. I bought the dress at Kramer's, and I paid for it. So they aren't out anything, right? Right. And I brought it back to Gordon's, and they'll sell the dress for the same amount they paid me, so they won't be out anything, right? Right. And I've got $20 extra. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> well, it is. I'll see you later. Well, Liz, wait. Where are you going? Where else? Back to Kramer's for more dresses. <laughs> As we return to the Coopers, we find Liz in a little gold mine called Kramer's Department Store in the hope that she can dig up a few more polka dot dresses for $39.50 and return them to Gordon's Department Store for $59.50. She's just entering the dress department. Uh, oh, miss, I'd like to buy a dress, please. Okay, dearie. Why don't you have in mind? <laughs> Navy blue one with the white polka dots. Okay. What size? Any size will do. It doesn't matter. Any size? Well, who's it for? Uh, a friend. What's the matter? Don't friends come in sizes anymore? <laughs> Just give me one of those dresses. Uh, could she wear a size 20 large? Yes, that'll be fine. How about a small size 10? That'll do just as well. Boy, I'd like to meet that friend of yours. <laughs> Say, uh, didn't I sell you one of these dresses yesterday? Yes, and I'd like another one. In, in fact, you'd better make it two. Two? How come you don't want two more dresses when you got one just like it? Do you really want to know how come I two? Yeah. I'm one of the Andrews sisters. <laughs> Kidding. No kidding. Which are you, Patty, Maxine, or Laverne? Neither. I'm their brother, Dana. <laughs> I believe you. Now, wait a minute. Here's your dresses, but understand they're on sale. You can't return them. Don't worry. I won't return them. Just charge these. Uh, say, how many more dresses like this do you have? Oh, these are the last, dearie. Oh, that's too bad. I could have handled 20 or 30 more this afternoon. Well, goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, Sadie, do you see that dame that just left? She's nuts. Oh, hi, Iris. George, what are you doing here at Gordon's? If you're looking for Liz, she's over at Kramer's. Oh, thanks, but I don't want to see Liz. I'm buying her something for a surprise. Really? What is it? Well, I made her take back a dress this morning, and I got to thinking I was a little rough on her. So I thought I'd buy her one just like it and surprise her. Oh, she told me about it. <laughs> well, I tried to buy the dress Liz wants over at Kramer's, but the sales girl over there told me she sold the last ones they had to the Andrews sisters. <laughs> Well, look, Iris, I'm on my lunch hour. I've got to run. Uh, where's the dress department? Well, it's up on the fifth floor. Oh, thanks. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> 
Turn these two dresses and get a refund. Say, didn't you ask me that once before today? Yes. Well, the answer hasn't changed. You go to the same office and see Mr. Quigley. Well, that's just it. Isn't there someone else? If Mr. Quigley saw me with these dresses, he'd scream. Well, the door to the left of Mr. Quigley's is Mr. Brown's, his assistant. Oh, thank you. I'll go there. Oh, how do you do, Mr. Brown? I'd like to... Oh, dear. <laughs> Mr. Brown is out right now. Oh, it's you. What do you want now? Well, uh, Mr. Quigley, I'd like to get a refund on these. <laughs> I told her you would. Two more, Mrs. Cooper? Yes. The same kind? Yes. I can't stand it any longer. I should never have taken this job. I was so happy at ladies' lingerie. I'd like my money, please. It was so peaceful there. All you could hear was the rustle of silk broken now and then by the soft snap of a garter. If I'm not too monotonous, I'd like my money, please. Oh, Mrs. Cooper, I'm not one to quibble. But... Pardon me, Mr. Quigley, but I've been checking on dress number 808. The very one we have under discussion here. Well, how many did you buy? Uh, 35. I thought so. Then how is it we now have 36? Well, goodbye, Mr. Quigley. See now, Mrs. Cooper. Mrs. Cooper, you brought us in a dress this morning. You've got two more just like it with you now. Would you mind telling me where you got them? Uh, I made them on an old hand loom. <laughs> well, really, do you expect me to believe that you made those three dresses? Would you believe I made two of them? <laughs> no, Mrs. Cooper. I'm not going to accept those two dresses. And what's more, I'm going to give you back the dress you brought in this morning. And Mrs. Cooper... Yes? I'd like my money, please. <laughs> uh, pardon me, young lady. Could I see those three dresses you have over your arm? They look like they'd be just right for an old lady like me. Hmm? I beg your pardon? But I tried to buy one of those over in the department, but they didn't have my size. Oh, I do love blue and white polka dot dresses, don't you? Love them? I collect them. <laughs> what size are these? Oh, you probably think I'm the clerk. Uh, see, these dresses aren't for si... Oh, uh, what size do you wear? Well, I'm sort of tiny. I wear a tin. Well, fortunately, I have a ten. No. Yes, and you'd better hurry. This offer is not likely to be repeated. Oh, well, I'll I, I take it. I, I needed to go to a dance tonight. You're going to a dance? Oh, I fooled you. You should see me dance with my partner. We get around like a couple of 65-year-olds. <laughs> what kind of dances do you do? We all went to Arthur Murray's and learned the Lindy Crawl. 
You mean the Lindy Hop. Not the way we do it. <laughs> How much is the dress? Uh... Fifty-nine fifty? No, I'll take it. Here's the money, and I'll just run along. You see, I'm in a hurry. All right, see you around the bandstand. Uh, Valkyrini. <laughs> Goodbye. Say, maybe I can get rid of these other two dresses, too. Oh, I think I like these dresses with the blue and white polka dots. How much are they? Fifty-nine fifty. Hey, lady. Uh, were you addressing me? Yeah, step in a little closer. You're blocking traffic. Uh, now, don't buy that dress. Step over here. I'm in a position to sell you the very same thing at a sensational reduction in price. Hi! This is my customer. Get away, kid. You bother me. Well, I'm going to see the manager about this. Is there something wrong with this dress? Who are you? Oh, you've heard of me. Honest Liz Cooper, the biggest used dress dealer in town. <laughs> Is this a used dress? Oh, no. It was just worn by an elderly couple from Pasadena. <laughs> well, uh, give me $39.50 and I'm losing money on the deal. <laughs> but I can't pass up a bargain like that. Here's the money. Here's your dress. Sure you couldn't use two of them? Oh, no thanks. Goodbye. Goodbye. Come back tomorrow. I'll give myself a hot foot and have a fire sale. <laughs> <laughs> Young lady, what do you think you're doing? I'm selling polka dot dresses like hotcakes. Want to buy one? Young lady, I am the floor walker. She stole my customer. I did not. Go ahead, search me. <laughs> I have a good mind to take you in to Mr. Quigley. Oh, no, no, not that, please. Well, I'll, I'll give you one more chance. Go on, wait on that customer over there. Oh, uh, Oh, I can't wait on him. That's George. What's that? I said I can't wait till I sell him something. Bye, George. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll be watching you. Oh, here it comes. Maybe this will hide my face. Hey, put back that hat. I was just showing it to a lady. Well, I need it more than you do. But what are you putting it on for? That veil hides your face. I'm in mourning. Why? Because your hair's dyed? <laughs> George doesn't recognize my voice. Uh, can I help you, mister? What? You want I should show you some merchandise, hey? Uh, yes. Say, uh, isn't it unusual for a salesgirl to wear a hat with a dark veil? Oh, that. Yeah, it is unusual, kind of. Uh, but I'll let you in on a little secret. See, I'm not a regular salesgirl. Oh, you're not? No. I'm an oriental princess gathering material for a book. <laughs> it's practically a saga. <laughs> really? Take off your veil and let me see your face. No, there is a curse on me. You see, if you looked at my face, there would be a death in your family. <laughs> Yes. Well, miss, uh, I'd like to see a dress like the one you have over your arm. Okay. Here. I wonder if this will fit my wife. Yeah, it's just her... I mean, uh, I can just imagine what a fellow like you would marry. I can just see her tall with maybe red hair and a beautiful figure and a gorgeous face. <laughs> Brother, if you got a bad imagination. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> So. Well, you don't have to get upset about it. What's it to you? 
Well, I'm, I'm very sensitive about my imagination, that's all. <laughs> Do you want the dresser, don't you, hey? Well, I guess so. Here's the money, but uh, I wish I could be sure it would fit her. Well, I'll tell you what. This dress will fit me perfectly. Does she have a figure like mine, maybe? No. No, she's much dumpier than you are. <laughs> oh, she is. I mean, uh, oh, she is. She wishes she had a figure like yours. And confidentially, so do I. <laughs> well, of all the... Hey! Why'd you slap me? That's for your wife, you big masher. I'll report you to the management. Ah, go run up a down escalator. <laughs> Did you like dinner, dear? Ah, oh, yes, fine. George, thanks for the dress. What dress? The one you're going to surprise me with in a minute. Oh, you found the box in the closet. Sweet to buy it for me. <laughs> oh, honey, you should have seen the sales girl who waited on me. Oh, <laughs> she was a real creep. <laughs> oh, tell me all about her, George. Oh, who cares about her? Honey, I'm glad you like the dress. And I'll tell you what else I'm going to do. What? I'm going to buy you a hat to go with it, hey. What? <laughs> You're not a very good sales girl, Liz. How do you like that? He knew it all the time, hey. Yes, Lucille. What's the gag tonight? Tonight, Robert, we travel deep into mining country. I am a little old miner. And a little mining music, maestro. Oh, my darling. Oh, my darling. That's <laughs> <laughs> not giant, done. Six months. I ain't done nothing but plow sham my faithful mule around these here mountains. <laughs> I say for six months I ain't done nothing. <laughs> follow sham my faithful mule around these here mountains. Hello there. Turn around, Sam. We're heading that way. <laughs> Not a mule. Prove it. <laughs> I'm a census taker. Well, you can't take mine. <laughs> Folks say I ain't got no census. <laughs> oh, God, that's a good one, huh? Hey, who are you? I'm a desert rat. <laughs> you didn't always call me a desert rat. I used to live in the city. What did they call you then? A city rat. <laughs> you live out here all alone? Yep, just me and my mule. What do you do? Oh, we mine a little and play a little canasta. 
What kind of a mind do you have? A pudding mind. What's a pudding mind? Do you mean to stand there with a sponsor staring you in the face and ask what a pudding mind is? <laughs> Be gad. <laughs> What's in this pudding mine? I'll give you three guesses. Three of them. Three guesses? Yep. Chocolate, vanilla, and butterscotch. Well, that must be jello chocolate pudding, delicious with deep down chocolatey goodness. Yep. Jello butterscotch pudding with that buttery brown sugar flavor. Yep. Jello vanilla pudding, rich and smooth as cream. Yep. You wrangled my secret from me. Well, so long, Bob. So long, fella. So long. Well, wait a minute. Come here. Hey. How are we going to work in about them there jello puddings being nourishing and all that stuff? You mean all you do is add milk and they only take about five minutes to cook? Yeah, to that layer of velvety rich perfection. <laughs> I don't know. Neither do I. I guess you'll have to do without it. Good night, Bob. <laughs> You have been listening to My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning, and based on characters created by Isabel Scott Rorick. Tonight's transcribed program was produced and directed by Jess Oppenheimer, who wrote the script with Madeline Pugh and Bob Carroll, Jr. Original music was composed by Marlon Skiles and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. Be sure to listen to Lucille Ball in My Favorite Husband again next week, presented by... J-E-L-L Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. That's Jell-O. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O pudding. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O cup. Fioca pudding. Yes, sirree. Bob Lamont speaking. This is CBS, where you hear my favorite husband every Sunday, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's The Whistler, followed by Phil Harris and Alice Fay. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.